Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I am your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. How you do anything is how you do everything. I've heard that before. I heard it a long time ago, but you just these aphorisms, they come, they go. You're kind of aware of them. You never really think too much about them. And then they started showing up more often. And it's really interesting. I first heard Camille Clemens say this, and she says it a fair amount because that's her way of holding herself accountable to the little things because they add up to the big things. And I sat down, uh, actually, uh, several months ago with her and Dewan Brown to discuss this. And what's interesting is Dewan uses this phrase fairly often, but it means something just a little bit different to him than it does to Camille. And as we talked about it, it actually meant something a little bit different to me than it did to either of them. And we talk about that in this clip here. So I want you to give this a listen. I want you to think critically for yourself if you can hold yourself to this standard. And maybe if you did hold yourself to this standard, if your results wouldn't be a little bit better. Enjoy this conversation and I'll see you on the other side. Or is this how you do it? Written by Camille Clemens, read by Doug Branson. Dewan started it, I'm going to keep it going. How you do anything is how you do everything. I say it a lot. It is universally transcendent. I say it to my kids, my colleagues, my friends, myself. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you think about it, don't just say the words. Say them out loud and let them rattle around up there for a second. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're here, in this community, you undoubtedly hold yourself to a pretty high standard. You want to learn and grow and get better. You're in really good company. I've been reflecting a lot about this idea recently, as there is so much to do. I'm parenting while working. People have been doing that since the beginning of time. I know I'm not alone in this one. I'm fortunate that work is busier than ever, and now parenting while working also means while teaching, while short-order cooking, while being the nurse, 
while being the coach, while answering IT support desk calls. How I do anything is how I do everything. So, if that is the standard we've instilled, how do we pull it all off without driving ourselves crazy? I have no idea. For me, the way out from here is taking how you do anything is how you do everything and coupling it with be you, everyone else is taken. The way out is by staying true to who you are. The way out is prioritizing and executing. As Dewan said, his son has a method, a process he goes through with each decision. I bet he's refined it over his 24 years. He's taken note about what is working and what isn't. I'd also be willing to bet that the underlying foundation has stayed consistent regardless. I've asked myself, what is my process? How am I continuing to do everything at the highest level when all of my normal way of doing things is unavailable? We are all longing for some precedented times, back to usual. I see so many people trying to force differentiation to stand out. I may have even tried a few things myself that, after I did them, didn't feel authentic. I've made notes and refined. I'll admit, I'm still working hard to hit stride, but I feel comfortable that my new model is genuinely me, the best available every time. I've had to decline a few things I would have liked to do, and it may take a little longer to return messages. But if I go back to the foundation, I know those things with the highest and best priority are still getting done at a level of which I'm proud. How we do anything is how we do everything. You may be looking for a quick answer. Is this how I do it, or is that how I do it? All I know is however you do it, don't lose yourself in the process. Compartmentalize and execute. It is hypercritical if you're interested in maintaining the how you do anything is how you do everything to own each task individually. Be you. Everyone else is taken. Execute and be in the moment. Isn't that where we should be after all? Camille, Dewan, um, thank you both for um, kind of chiming in on the same concept um, in deeper thought. I, I love the pieces that you wrote, and this is a theme that continues to come up. And I think that the concept of being a sales professional versus being a professional salesperson is it's it's more than just semantics. It's more than just the the order that you put the words. But this concept of the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And Camille, I heard you say that first, probably because I've known you longer than I've known Duan. But I I've, I I know that there is some common uh, influence here. Um, so Camille, what? Where does that come from? And, and I want to ask you where you first heard that and, and how that has kind of permeated your, um, just your, your personality. And then Dewan, I don't know if it's because you heard it from Camille, but what inspired you to use that as the, um, as kind of the motivation to post? So uh, Camille, let's start with you. 
So I'll fully admit, I have no idea where I first heard it. Um, and I think <laughs> yes. it probably dates back long enough that I wouldn't remember, right? So I think you just hear things repeatedly um, in different places. And I think this is true of anybody who's trying to learn anything or learn how to be a person that moves to the world is, you know, the more you hear a consistent message, you may not hear it five or six times, but then the sixth or seventh or eighth time you hear it, you're like, whoa, hold on a second. That sounds familiar. I think I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember where I first heard it, but I do remember when it started to click. And it started to click when I was responsible for signing the bottom of everything every proposal, mm. every accounting statement, every everything that went out. And I remember thinking, and I think it may have been provoked by a question that one of my old bosses had asked me is like, did you get everything? I'm like, yeah, I, here's my final package. Of course I got everything. That's my job. And I think at that moment when I stapled the report, because it was back long enough where we had paper statements that we would give people, I really started to think, whoa, that actually was a way bigger question than I gave it, gave it credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from that point forward, I remembered, you know what, this, nobody's double checking me. No one's going back and saying, did you get everything? Did you do it the best you could? But I always know that if I start with that in mind and I start with how I'm doing, this is how it's going to be delivered to the client. And that's what we as a firm look like. That's really where it resonated. Those early days when I was responsible for financial statements and if they were wrong, it's kind of on me. So how I checked every price, how I checked every stock split, how I footed every number, all of those things were really, really important to the overall goal. So how I did any of those affected how I did all of it. Wow. Okay. I like that. That's actually a little bit different. It, 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 it's still true, it's, but it's a little bit different than the way I took it. Well, it's um, the way it started. So yeah. it's evolved over the time. Sure. Sure. Duan, you wrote um, a personal story about your son and um, you know, he, he doesn't even live here anymore. He uh, he lives across the pond, (laughs) um, starting a new life, a new family in Mm -hmm. a new place. Yeah. Um, How do you tie those two together? Yeah. I mean, you know, I obviously I have six kids. I think I mentioned that in the post and, 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 (laughs) you know, just watching them, um, it's the same thing, right? Like my, you know, all of my kids, right? The way that they do homework is the same way that they do yard work. It's the same way that they do kitchen work or housework or whatever the case might be. Like it's just the, and so, but I mean, I think the origin of that for me, I think I heard it from Camille first. And I'm the, I'm the guy who is like somebody said, right? I never know exactly where it came from. Sometimes my wife will be like, that was me. Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm saying it's well, you are somebody and somebody said, so, um, you know, kind of piecing it together and thinking about like um, a long time ago, I, I, I said to somebody, uh, I think it was in my early days at Intuit. So I started there in 2002, sort of a young man. And then um, I was being asked to do something that was kind of counter who I was and personality wise and so forth. And I was just like, look, I'm D Brown 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of a, you know, for me, almost a light bulb moment um, where I was just like, I actually want to commit to that. Like I want to be Dewan, whether I'm talking to Jeff, whether I'm talking to Camille, whether I'm talking to the CEO of a company, whoever I'm talking to, like I am Dewan. And I think what happened over time was I started to hear this thing called business acumen. And what that started to what that started to almost 
when I had these discussions with people about increasing in business acumen, it was almost like a discipleship away from who I was. Um, and, I, and I thought that they clashed, not because you can't have business acumen as D. Brown, but I think that the perspective and the perception of what business acumen and professionalism is um, doesn't always accord with the personalities that you're asking to bend to it. So, mm. so that's, that's really, that's something. So I have my own thoughts about this that I'll mention in a minute about this concept, about this statement. Um, Camille, you brought up something and, and Duan, you brought up something different. So we now have three different meanings for this. What are they? You know, seven words. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, eleven words. Um, I, Camille, you said, you know, look, how I do anything in here, or the way I do anything in this, is going to affect the overall project itself. So there has to be a standard that needs to be upheld. Dewan, you brought the personality into it. You're like, okay, is this something that really fits me? Because I need to be true to myself. I need to be authentic to myself. And you're not going to get great performance out of me if you put me in a a situation where I'm supposed to do something that I'm not aligned with, that isn't integrated with who I am and who I identify with as a person. I am more along the lines of, if you don't have time to do it right, you don't have time to do it twice. And, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And so I've taken it kind of a different spin on that where it's, it's like, if, I, if, if this is worth doing, yeah, I'm going to give it everything I have because I don't do things half-assed. And right. when I can think of times where I've gotten in trouble, it's yeah, figuratively, I'm a choir boy. The, um, <laughs> thank you for not laughing louder at that. The, um, you know, if I've gotten in trouble, it's when I've bitten off more than I can chew and I can't give my best effort to everything that I have set out to do. My, I've said this before, you know, my eyes get bigger than my stomach and I commit to stuff that I just, I'm in over my skis and not like, I, I can't learn this. I, I'm out of my depth and I just can't grasp this. It's like, no, I don't have the bandwidth to do all that stuff really well. Mm-hmm. And even though I think in, in some ways there are some things that I'm good enough at that even less than my best is more than enough, but I don't get rewarded the same way. I, I'm not fulfilled by those projects the same way. Um, so I think it's, it's really, and I, I think about the launch of this podcast. I think about the launch of the, the community and the group and all these things. It's taken, this went from idea to actual iteration. Let me tell people they can go buy it. It, it took 19 months, 20 no, 22 months. Like, man, that's, that's way longer than it should take to bring a product to market. But um, I think it's, I'll leave it at this. I think it's interesting that just the, 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 this same set of 11 words can have such impactful meanings to, to different people. I have to add, and I might get in trouble for this, but Duan, you said like, it wasn't me. And part of the post that I made was you have to authentically be you because everyone yes. else is taken. Yes. So how did you reconcile that? And how did you decide that, all right, business acumen, I, I got this. And this actually could be me if I do it my way. And actually my way is working out pretty well. So I hate to take over the questions, but um, I'm really curious how you were able to reconcile that. Yeah, I think it was just uh, just pure discomfort um, for a very long time. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where you you know you, you talk to people who maybe they maybe they became entrepreneurs. Um, you know, Sam Jacobs has this story where he's talking about like I just I just can't work for anybody. I just we don't do well. Um, 
and just recognizing something like that. And, and, and they, you know, some other entrepreneurs are like, I just had to start my own thing because I just couldn't exist in these boxes that I was being placed in that were just so counter to who I was. For me, it was just like these, the jobs I had were necessary, right? I had a son at 21 years old. So the jobs I had, I felt like they were necessities, but at the same time, at, at some points in my career, I just was super uncomfortable with the way that I was carrying myself. And I was getting awarded. Um, I, you know, you know this, is, this is definitely not to toot my own horn. I was winning a lot of awards as somebody else. And I made that LinkedIn post a while back too where it was just like, man, I came to realize that they, everything that they were rewarding and the person that they were giving these accolades to wasn't even me. And that feels trash. So um, at some point I was just like, listen, um, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to shoot for the stars and try to be as me as possible in these roles. And of course I want to obviously adhere to policy and things like that. But ultimately um, if you hire me, I'm who you hired. Right. And that's and that's what I want to be clear. And so 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 earlier on, it was like you hired me. You actually hired my representative who came to all of the interviews. Nowadays, if someone hires Dewan Brown, they just they they actually hired Dewan Brown. So you know, there's going to be some some humor in the the interview and all of these sorts of things that I bring to the table. Um, if you find that to be a value to the company that you have that you want me to be a part of, then that's who you're hiring. You'll always get it. Um, so I think that's, that's what it was. It was just like severe discomfort that led to, you know, nearly depression in the workspace where it was just like, man, I just don't even like going to work because of who I have to be. Mm-hmm. That really resonates because I think I have a very similar story. And I think the more you mature in your own presence in your own personality and your own who you are, then the easier it is for you to kind of get to where you got. And I would agree and admit wholeheartedly that there was a very pivotal moment where I was like, I don't like this anymore. I don't feel comfortable. This is not fulfilling me. This is not what my best is to bring. And I know I can do better. And that's really when my, you know, my days of public accounting ended and my days in sales began. And I would never give those days up because the discomfort is real and it's valuable. Yeah. But I can now put myself into our client's shoes and say, this is a problem we're solving. And I know how you feel. And I can do that genuinely because I've lived it. Right. And so I think it just helps complete that circle of how you do anything is how you do everything. But also it is truly who you are and you found your way of doing it. And I think that's, I mean, that's one reason I felt we really had to get this out there. And I was grateful that you posted it so that I could just kind of carry on the conversation, but in my way, and we do have different approaches, but I think they're both super valid. And depending on what your place is in the world and who you are and what you're looking for and where that development cycle is for you, I think they both fit. Yeah. And I'm ecstatic to be able to credit the right person. So, <laughs> <laughs> we would have gotten in trouble from David Weiss had we not. <laughs> right, exactly. Or maybe it was Mike. I can't remember who first, who first got mad that they weren't credited. <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing, and we'll, we'll wrap with this. The, the interesting thing is um, we talked at the top of the episode about uh, the difference between a sales professional and a professional salesperson. And what I've really learned a lot and thought a lot about um, lately is this idea that people are looking for how, you know, what's the right way to do this? What, how should I do this? Is this the way you do that? 
like they're, they're looking to be told the way to do it. They're, they're looking for ways to do it right instead of tuning into their own intuition, tuning into their own feelings about what is a way to accomplish this in their own authentic way. They're, they're looking for to be told how to do it right instead of looking for a way to be successful. Mm. And that is, that's a hard shift to make, but that is the difference. And um, thank you both for bringing your opinions, bringing your perceptions and your perspectives. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that with all of us. So um, look, hey, if you're listening out there, you like this, um, hey, tell us. Um, but also don't be afraid to share this with a friend because if this is helping you think differently, helping you get a little bit more deeper perspective, um, then I know it'll help someone like you. So don't be shy. And we'll talk to you again soon. Well, did that conversation make you think? Here are just a few notes that I took. Um, stay true to who you are because your work represents something bigger. The small projects impact the big projects. If you don't have time to do it right, you don't have time to do it twice. If you don't have the bandwidth to do it well, then maybe don't do it. The details really matter. And don't look for the way to do it, quote unquote, Tune into your own authenticity and look for the way that you can be most successful. Look, it's not just me. I mean, these are top performers. These are sales killers. Camille and Dewan have both ascended through their career and pushed themselves to do the little things right, to mind the details. And they treat people with a ton of respect and they do great work. And they're great, great people to know. I suggest you follow them both on LinkedIn. Reach out, send them a message. They respond, folks. They are happy to contribute uh, to the greater sales community. And I encourage that you follow them both. I'm going to put both of their LinkedIn profiles in the show notes. And uh, I hope you can make some meaningful connections there. So mind the details. Think about the little things. They lead to bigger things. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your attention. And I'll talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.